Is Michigan State football already losing a football commit? The Moneyball program is back after a two-year hiatus. How fun is that? Michigan State basketball. Who is going to surprise us on the court next season? And the game game is back. That's right, baby. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my favorite people of all time. That's right. That is you, the viewers and listeners of Locked on Spartans, your team three days a week in the summer. Uh, Once we get to August, yes, it'll be your team in green and white every single day. But for now, yes, it's a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday show. But hey, thank you so much for starting your day with us at Locked on Spartans. We got a fun show here today. Uh, We're going to talk, of course, well, football recruiting. Duh, the, the day ends in Y and it's still June, so recruiting is still hot in the streets. The Moneyball Pro-Am is back. And also we go through some listener questions like, who's going to surprise us on the court next year? And what if a very hmm, hated player uh, transferred to Michigan State? Would we still be a fan of his? Who's to say? And then, of course, the game game at the very end. But before we get to any of that, hey, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. And still, before we... Uh, Start getting into the meat of the show. Uh, just two quick things. One, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here YouTube channel or podcast if you're listening the old-fashioned way. Just smash that subscribe button, leave a rating or review, comment below if you're watching on YouTube, and if you have any questions, locked on Spartans at gmail.com is the place to find us, or Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter. Enough of the housekeeping. Let's get right to it. And I... It brings me no joy to do this. It brings me no joy to start the episode with this, but it's probably the biggest piece of news going on in Michigan State right now, especially football recruiting. And yes, it's of course, it's not all bad. I feel like this has been a great month for uh, Michigan State football recruiting. The content, it's all been upbeat, but I think that we hit our first little snag here uh, in the road. And no, this isn't going to collapse the whole class, but it is something worth talking about. It is that Jalen Braxton... Yes, the top uh, 35 cornerback out of Texas who committed, yeah, you know, like last week, like la- this time last week, we were doing a show about his commitment, is already looking like he's going to be going elsewhere. Um, such is the world of football recruiting. Such is the world of high-profile football recruiting, really. Uh, so, yes, Michigan State gets a visit from Jalen Braxton to start June, and then he goes to Baylor the following weekend. And that's all fine and well. He wasn't committed until after that Baylor visit commits to Michigan state. It's all fun and well, it's awesome. Yeah. He was going to go to Arkansas. He's going to go to Cal at the end of the month. He'll probably cancel those visits. Have he's committed and uh Oh, Oh, uh, Mr. Braxton went to Fayetteville. Uh, he had himself a dandy time at Arkansas. And now that has turned into 24 seven sports recruiting experts, Corey Robinson and Steve Wiltfon putting in a crystal ball uh, prediction that Braxton will become a Razorback. That was fast. Um, that didn't even last a week of him tweeting out his commitment to Michigan State and the Michigan State Spartans. But here we are. And it's worth talking about, certainly. Um, and it's, it's funny. Um, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, really quick. Uh, I got an email from someone, an awesome listener. He emails all the time. We go back and forth. He's great. But he said, 
hey, you talk about guys that are committed elsewhere visiting Michigan State, you know, like Ryan Yates, committed to LSU, comes to Michigan State, or Elliott Washington, technically committed to Alabama, had plans to visit Michigan State, but that got canceled, hopefully rescheduled. Not the point. He writes, when are you going to start talking about guys committed to Michigan State that are visiting other places? I didn't because I didn't have to, because guys committed to Michigan State aren't taking official visits elsewhere. And lo and behold, no longer than like 12 hours after that email exchange, um, we get a kid committed to Michigan State down in Arkansas. So, yes, it appears things unfortunately went well down there for uh, Coach Pittman and the Razorbacks because, yes, it's just two crystal ball predictions, but Corey Robinson knows his stuff. Steve Wilfon knows his stuff. Yes, I, I get that there's that faction of college sports fans that are like, oh, the crystal balls mean nothing. No, I think they do. Uh, these guys are pretty, pretty darn good at their jobs, and they are pretty plugged in. Now, what that said, is that a guarantee that he's going to go to Arkansas? No, it, it's not. And it's even been reported that, you know, Jalen Braxton will wait until July to make a, a further decision. And yes, uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but Mel Tucker and company they are a gang of relentless recruiters. They will not just let this kid slip away that easy. But right now, that's the, the way the tide is going. And uh, listen, I'm not going to you know put on this hat, uh, a clown hat, really, and tell you that, oh, this isn't a big deal. It's not that bad. Like, no, Jalen Braxton's a pretty good ball player, man. Um, top 250 kid, four-star cornerback. He would have given us our second top 35 cornerback. Of course, you know, fellow Texas commit Chance Rucker, also a highly rated cornerback. Now, this, this this would suck. This would hurt. But unfortunately, this is the arena that we are in now, in the Mel Tucker regime. And I'm not going to say anything crazy like this is, oh, they're going about this the wrong way. Like, no, recruiting matters. You want to be going after these highly rated four-star kids, these five-star kids. Unfortunately, this is just the world it is. And... It's not a new problem necessarily because, listen, this happens all over college football, down in like, you know, the, the FCS level, I'm sure. We saw it in the D'Antonio era. I mean, God, it feels like it was just two weeks ago when Aaron Young flips his commitment from Michigan State to Rutgers on signing day. But, yeah, this is a little different arena that we're in right now. Instead of trying to keep commitments from kids, you know, that have middle-tier offers, we're going to be battling it out against some pretty solid programs, right? SEC programs, if you will. Highly rated, uh, you know, Big 12 programs, if you will. ACC programs. You get the point. Recruiting is a competitive game. And it's really high stakes when you get to these top 400 kids, just like a Jalen Braxton is. So, yes. Listen, if you're on Twitter, you've seen Lancey State uh, Journal columnist Grand Couch talk about this all the time, that when a kid, a high school kid, announces his commitment, it's not really a commitment. It's more of like a, a lean towards that school. And a lot of people don't like when Graham says that, that he says, oh, a commitment doesn't mean anything from a high school kid unless that ink is dry on National Signing Day. I 100% agree with Graham because that's just the way it is. Yeah, it ain't over until it's way over. And now in the transfer portal era, even when it is over, you still got to fight anyway. That's for a different discussion. This is going to be happening not a lot, but it is going to be a prevalent issue here because, look, Michigan State's trying to do the same thing. Like, they're one of these schools, too, that are trying to flip kids away from other schools. Like, what? it's not all act like we forgot the Keontae Goodwin saga last year. So, that's the fact of the matter. Um, this is the first instance of it in the 2023 cycle. No fun talking about it. It sucks, but I, I just want to 
you know, uh, address it. And yes, while it, it does hurt, it, the sooner we can all get more comfortable with the situation and the stakes going on inside high-profile recruiting, uh, which is still kind of a new world for us state fans, I, I think th- the better there. I think it's uh, g- going to be a little easier. So, of course, when or if or whatever you want to call it, you know, Mr. Braxton does decide to flip to Arkansas. We'll talk more in depth about it. I mean, listen, we still have Chance Rucker. We still have three-star cornerback Eddie Pleasant. Uh, you know, top 100 player Caleb Presley still in the mix. So I, who's to say? Again, we're only at like maybe the 45-yard line of recruiting season coming up. So there's that. And uh, really quick, guys, just want to end the first segment here. Uh, switching sports and switching the mood because the Moneyball Pro-Am is always a fun time in the summer. And if you're not hip to what the Moneyball Pro-Am is, it's uh, in the Lansing area. They take kids that have uh, are either playing college hoops right now. Uh, obviously a lot of Michigan state Spartans participate or guys that are, you know, in the pros, they want to have a little league to play in over the summer. It's coming back after a two year break and also changing it up. The games will be at Holt high school and they start this Thursday games at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock. There are six teams. So let's just go through the Michigan state Spartans that will be playing in this um, team game cuffs. Uh, Davis Smith, the lone Spartan on that team. Team T-Mobile. You got Joey Hauser and Trayvon Holloman. That's a fun little matchup right there. Obviously, the super experienced guy in Joey Buckets. And then the new kid on the block and Trayvon Holloman. Uh, team Ozone's Brew House, Jackson Kohler and Tyson Walker. Same situation right there. Older player, younger player. Team Fago, which those have got to be sick jerseys right there. Team Fago, AJ Hogard and Madi Sissoko. Team Five Star Zone. That will have Malik Hall and Jaden Akins. And then Team Nano Magic to round out the six teams will have Pierre Brooks and Carson Cooper. So what do we look for in Moneyball, right? And okay, like the instant answer is not much. Um, but there is some things to still look at. You can still get excited about this. You can pick out some certain aspects. And it's the oldest joke in the book on MSU Twitter, MSU Internet, that, yeah, like one kid's going to be anointed the next Steph Curry. Immediately, like uh, Tum Tum Nairn was supposed to be this 60% three-point shooter from like, uh, what, five years ago's Moneyballs. So, but no, defense is a little lax here. It's not totally as lackadaisical as like an NBA All-Star game, but it it is, it's not Big Ten ball, right? But you still can pick out some things and I'll be watching, you know, hey, I'm a sucker for this. Of course I am. Uh, You know, like, like my mind immediately goes to like, how, how do the young guys look? How do the young guys look? Like, how will Trayvon Holloman look? How's his jumper looking? That's right. We all know his length, his good defense, his good vision. How will that jumper look? Uh, You know, Jackson Kohler's footwork, how comfortable he feels against older guys, looks against older guys. And also, Carson Cooper, um, still a raw player, but how is he going to be coming along here? You know, again, just like I said with Jackson Kohler, against some bigger body individuals, and this is a kid who's... Talent is still definitely new. It's still going to be on the rise, so can we pick out some things in Moneyball? Uh, also, does Mighty Sissoko look comfortable out there? Like, yes, he did have some flashes last year, and I really mean some flashes. He's still raw, but can we find something here? Can we find, like, some nice footwork, a, a nice little post move right here? Does he look even the slightest bit comfortable on the court? And then, uh, last but not least, Jaden Akins, Jaden Akins, Jaden Akins. Uh, he will have a major uptick in production this year. So stoked for him. I'm, I'm the conductor of the Jaden Akins hype train. Choo-choo, everyone. Um, but, yeah, I just can't wait to see any highlight that drops of his because, whew, 
Pro-Am is prime for the picking for highlights, and Jaden Akins will have him some, no doubt. Uh, we will pick up Hoops Talk here in a hot segment. First, I just got to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.net. Woo! That's right. Uh, we're in the thick of it with Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right. We still got golf season going on. Uh, your Detroit Tigers are now an unstoppable force now that Riley Green's on the team. So go ahead and take the over in every single one of their games. No matter what it is, hey, just go find it on Bet Online because they make it fun because, well, they're your number one source for all your sports betting need and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live odds, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of you know your fighting news, MMA, UFC, uh, hockey. You know to throw in another fighting sport right there. Why not golf? That's right. I don't know. I think we're due for a fight on the PGA Tour. Maybe you can bet on it. Maybe you can't. Whatever it is, go find it on betonline.net. They make it fun. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. That is at betonline where the game starts. And also, one live NBA draft show is not enough for lockdown. Oh, please. No, come on. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their lockdown YouTube channel. So you can get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. That's right. The fine folks at whatever Lockdown Pistons, if that's your team. or Yeah, there's a Lockdown team for your favorite NBA team. So go check them out. And uh, let's just get right into our second segment here. It's mailbag time. Spartans at gmail.com. That, that sort of throw these questions. Or a few weeks ago uh, on Twitter, I reached out and said, uh, please, I'm so desperate. I would... Love a mailbag question. I don't know why I'm doing a bad British accent, but regardless, uh, I get desperate sometimes. And you guys come through with great questions, so let's get to some of these right now. And this one is from Caleb, who shot over an email, and this is a great one. Simple. You can play along with this one at home. Who, for you, is going to be the surprise dude who exceeds expectations for the 2022-2023 basketball season? Now, I'm going to give you a quick name, and then I'll give you a second name and go a little bit more in-depth on him, but... I'm hearing rumblings that Carson Cooper might not be redshirting this year. So, listen, is he going to be playing 25 minutes a night next season? If he does, something really bad has happened, I think. Uh, Or he's just had an amazing summer. Um, But, no, I think he'll only have spot minutes. But still, nonetheless, we can expect maybe a little more Carson Cooper than we thought that we were going to get when it was announced that after he committed that he was going to redshirt. That could be already out the window. Who's to say? Stay tuned for that one coming up in November. Uh, But no, the other guy that I want to talk about, and honestly, maybe it's the same name that you guys are all thinking because it's not like like they hit their their scholarship quota. There's only like nine rotational guys that can, you know, play. I don't really want to use any of the starters. I feel like that's a cop-out. Yes, I think the world of Jaden Akins, but I don't think he's going to surprise people as much as maybe a guy like... Drum roll. Pierre Brooks will. That's right. Pierre Brooks. Now I go right to him because I, I think just by default, he's going to be the sixth man, right? He, he's certainly going to be the first wing off the bench, I think, unless, you know, Keon Coleman goes banana land uh, to start, you know, his sophomore season. But no, on a realistic note, I think this is going to be your first guy off the bench. And yes, we talk about Aikens, how his production will have a major uptick. I think just by default, that will happen to Pierre Brooks as well. And, you know, this is a guy that only played in 25 games, 
And yeah, that's a good chunk of games, but still averaged only 3.7 minutes per game. Uh, shot just 18% from three, but listen, like, it sounds weird because it's such a small sample size, and yeah, like, the numbers aren't outstanding, but I did love how he was never afraid of the situation whenever he got into a game. You know, whether it was in a first half to eat away at some minutes during foul trouble or at the end of a, we'll call it like a blowout game. I, I always thought he looked somewhat comfortable out there, especially for a guy who is still considered to be a bit raw. You know, I mean, yes, he he blew it up in the state of Michigan his senior year, but there is a massive difference between like Detroit Public School League and obviously Big Ten basketball. I don't think I'm saying anything crazy with that. And I think he looked more and more comfortable as the season went along. And it's going to be interesting too, how much of the three Malik Hall plays, because I think that's where Pierre Brooks fits in the three, possibly the four, no matter how you slice it, where and how long they play Malik Hall will be interesting. But let's say that, you know, you do want to give one of these wings like Jaden Akins a break. I mean, are you ever going to see a lineup of AJ Hogard, Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, Mike Sissoko? You might, but let's say they just want to go Hogard, Walker. Okay. And then Pierre Brooks is where you jam him in there. Uh, Malik Hall and Joey Hauser right there. I, I think there's going to be a lot of lineup options where, you know, Pierre Brooks will eat away more than just four minutes coming up this year. So, yes, I I think Pierre Brooks is going to be that player that surprises everyone, that surpasses expectations, because I don't think he's being talked about a lot, because I think, well, a lot of the focus is on the starting five, because he still will dominate a lot of the minutes, right? But at the end of the day, let's say Pierre Brooks gets like 12 minutes a game next year. Dare I say 14 minutes a game next year if he looks pretty good. That's, That's still a lot. It's still a good number, and we're going to need that good number of minutes, too, um, because I, I don't care if we're beating the brakes off you know, our starting five just like that to start the season. So, yeah, Pierre Brooks, you're my guy right there. Uh, this next email, we're going back to the gridiron. This is about a specific player. This is from Anthony. Hi, Matt. Got a listener question for you. Well, Anthony, I got an answer for you. What's the dealio with Alex Van Sumeren? I remember being all jacked he committed to us and how highly touted he was, but haven't heard a peep of him even being in the rotation for next season, is he still too young? Is it because we're so loaded at defensive line? Have you heard anything from uh, Corey Robinson, Justin Thin, Colton Pouncey, etc.? Um, and then goes on to say nice words about the podcast. So thank you, right there. Um, so Alex Van Sumer, really quick, if you don't know, defensive line. Uh, he's a freshman. He was an early enrollee, top 250 player in the country. Uh, massive splash for Mel Tucker in his second recruiting class. But yes, we have not heard too much about him. And I think it's I think it's a 50-50 split on things right here. I think the first 50% is that we're not hearing a lot about Alex Van Sumeren or maybe even Kaden Hauser, Antonio Gates Jr., uh, Jeremy Bernard, all these freshmen, because we're all so focused on the 2023 class right now. I mean, that's that's one thing that kind of cracks me up about college recruiting. It's like before you can even take your first snap in college, the fan base, especially the ones with, you know, rapid attention spans like mine um, that just get all squirrely before you even take your first nap in college. We're already obsessed with the next crop of next crop of kids. So I think that is one reason why we haven't heard a lot about Alex and Sumer. It's just because we're already on to like the Jaden Waynes of the world, the David Hicks of the world, uh, the Madden Sankers, you know, but on another note too, yes, he was an early enrollee, but uh, he was injured his senior year of high school. And he also did not play in the spring game too. Now, what Anthony points out is uh, asking, is it because we're so loaded at defensive line? 
Yes, I, I think that is a massive reason. Like, we're looking at Jacob Slade, Simeon Barrow, Jalen Hunt, Maverick Hansen, who's back for, I swear to God, his 16th year, Deshaun Mallory, even Derek Harmon, who I saw a picture of him on Twitter, looks very trimmed down. Like, I think he lost, like, a cool 30, maybe even 35, 40 pounds. But that is a long list of guys that you still have to jump over. And we talked about this on a podcast last week really quick. Someone asked if five stars should be expected to play very early on. And we went around and said, like, no, it's even kind of somewhat rare for five stars to start, even if they are highly rated. Now, Alex Van Sumeren, one of the highest rated recruits, not just of the Mel Tucker era, obviously, but of the last decade, two decades of Michigan State football. I still think it'll be hard for him as a freshman to find the field. Now, am I calling it impossible? Absolutely not. I'd be a certified clown to say that. But yes, with that said, like, I think he's going to have to fight to even be on the two deep here, but still, hey, I mean, there's there, there's always, always snaps to be had for uh, defensive linemen. That's right, because, it, you, you know, you got to like your rotations there. You got to keep the legs fresh, the body's fresh, so all that fun stuff. And the last question that we're going to get to right here, this is from Cody, and this is a diabolical question. He says, would you like Hunter Dickinson if he transferred to Michigan State? My answer is no. Let's go on to the next segment. No, I'm kidding. Um... What I like Hunter Dickinson if he transferred to Michigan State, I think he would. Ju- I think I would just because it'd be so funny for him to go full heel turn and flip fan bases like that. But um, I maybe, yeah. I like listen. I like all Michigan State Spartans, but like, yeah, he um, obviously is a player that I don't like. I don't like anyone that plays for Michigan, and you know, and you know, you might say like, oh, what about like the nice ones, like uh, Isaiah Livers, for example? Like he was a. Nice gentleman to follow. It's like, yeah, that didn't, that sit actually even worse with me that he was such a nice guy. Like, I, I hated even more for that. It's like John Beeline's like, oh, he was so respectable. How could you not like him? Cause I want to hate my rival. That's why. So, yeah, no, I don't like any of them. Uh, needless to say, I think made that very clear. And, uh, Episodes passed, tweets passed, conversations passed. But regardless, yeah, I like all Spartans. Would it be, it'd be odd though. I don't know. Um, how much I'd be digging his, you know, talking up a big game like he did against Villanova, like, oh, trash talking everyone, and then getting worked against guys that are five, six, seven inches shorter than you all game. Like, if you're going to talk a big game, which I love if you could back it up, that's the thing. you got to back it up. So, that's yeah, uh, kind of where I stand there. So, yeah, if he came to Michigan State, started John during press conferences and, you know, backed it up with a smooth 25 and 16 a game, yeah, sure, cut be one of my favorite players, but no, if you did that and then turns around and just scores like, I don't know, 14 points, six rebounds, like, uh, it's like, okay, that's kind of awkward, but yeah, that's uh, kind of where I stand right there. Um, if you're listening to the podcast right now, got to say goodbye to you for a hot second. Uh, we're just going to do two quick bill pains right now, AKA ads. But if you're watching on YouTube right now, we're just going to get right into the next segment of the game game. That's right. It is the game game, and if you had no idea what this is, you're a new listener, you're a new viewer, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you. I got 15 clues describing a Michigan State basketball or football game from the last, you know, decade or so. And I got to apologize right off the top because I never write it down whenever I do these things. So this could very well be a repeat. It could also not be a repeat. I, we've gone over this already. I have the attention span of a goldfish. So who's to say, um, any game from the last 10 years is in play. Even if this is, uh, an answer that we've had a few months ago, I really, I, I genuinely have no memory of it. So that makes it even 
more exciting. The, the clues will start from vague to more specific. See if you can get it in like five clues or eight clues. Whatever you get it on, comment below. See if you have the best score. Uh, yeah, we're just all playing against ourselves here. So let's get to it. Clue number one on this same day. Australia beat New Zealand by seven wickets to win the Cricket World Cup. That's right, for all you cricket fans, maybe this narrows down the date or the time of year this game was at. On this same day, Australia beat New Zealand by seven wickets to win the Cricket World Cup. Clue number two. This game was played in the 12th most populated city in its own state. So yes, the city this game was played in is the 12th most populated city in its own state. Clue number three. It's a quick one. This stadium's capacity is nearly 50,000 people. Clue number three, this stadium's capacity is at nearly 50,000 people. Clue number four, this game tied a season-high win streak of four games. That's right. This game tied a season-high win streak of four games. Clue number five. That's right. The coach MSU played against had a horty partially owned run in the Kentucky Derby two years prior. That's right. How well do you know your horses? How well do you know your horse owning coaches? Because clue number five is the coach MSU played against had a horsey partially owned run in the Kentucky Derby two years prior. Clue number six, despite entering the season as a top 20 team, this MSU team was never ranked in the top 20 once conference play started. Clue number six, despite entering the season as a top 20 team, this MSU team was never ranked in the top 20 once conference play started. Clue number seven, this game featured 11 lead changes. Clue number seven, this game featured 11 lead changes. That's right. Clue number eight, for the first time all season, MSU saw a player lead the team in points for the third straight game. So never during the season did the same player lead the team in points for three straight games until this game. So hopefully that clue, you know, lets you know that this team was a little balanced, perhaps, or maybe not. I don't know. You could be your own judge of that. Clue number nine. The man from Michael Jackson's hometown was just a point shy of having a double-double for the Spartans in this game. That's right. The man from Michael Jackson's hometown was just a point shy of having a double-double for the Spartans. Clue number, oh, what clue am I on? Clue number 10. Clue number 10. Tom Izzo lost to this opponent's coach's son earlier in the season. Clue number 10. Tom Izzo lost to this opponent's coach's son earlier in the season. That's a mouthful right there. Now, for clue number 11, we have a post-game quote from this game. Quote, everyone doubted us. Everyone has down and out, MSU's starting guard said. They didn't even have us making the tournament. We just kept strong. We believe in ourselves. Yes, he said it after this game. Everybody doubted us. Everybody had us down and out. They didn't have us making the tournament. We just kept strong. We believe in ourselves. Clue number 12. MSU played against two players that are now teammates with Miles Bridges. Yes, in this game, MSU played against two players that are now teammates with Miles Bridges. Clue number 13, with 4.9 seconds left on the clock, MSU saw the opposing team's 48% free throw shooter head to the free throw line with a one-point Spartan lead. With 4.9 seconds on the clock, 
MSU saw the opposing team's 48% free throw shooter head to the free throw line with a one-point Spartan lead. Clue number 14, just like their game against the eventual national runner-ups two weeks prior, this game went to overtime. Clue number 14, just like their game against the eventual, <laughs> ton-time myself, the eventual national runner-ups two weeks prior, this game went to overtime. And last but not least, Clue number 15, for the third time in Tom Izzo's career, this win sent MSU to a Final Four hosted in Indianapolis. For the third time in Izzo's career, this win sent MSU to a Final Four hosted in Indianapolis. If you haven't got it by now, I'm about to say the answer. That answer is the 2015 Elite Eight game against Louisville. That's right. In Syracuse, the 12th most populated city in the state of New York, played in the Carrier Dome, I think it's called. That's right. They seed about 50,000. Now, only a little under 25,000 watched that game. But regardless, that was a little trick question I threw you at the end there. And yes, that MSU team was never rated in the top 20 after Big Ten play started. They never had a four-game win streak until the tournament. It was great. Travis Trice was the uh, point leader for the last three games against Virginia, against Oklahoma, and then, yes, of course, against Louisville. Um, yeah, Tom Izzo played against Rick Pitino and the Minnesota Golden Gophers just once that season. They lost that game, but they got revenge against Rick Pitino's old man. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You get what I'm trying to say. Pitino coached. Pitino also owned a horse in the Kentucky Derby. And, uh, yeah, who can forget that with 4.9 seconds left on the clock, their 48% free throw shooter got the luckiest bounce in the world on his first free throw, and then quite the opposite on his second one, going to overtime. Michigan State took care of business. Uh, oh, and I'm sorry, I glossed over this one right here. The man from Michael Jackson's hometown of Gary, Indiana, yes, Brandon Dawson, was just one point shy of having a double-double for the Michigan State Spartans. So that's the game game. Uh, wh- whatever clue you got it on, comment below. We'll love to hear about it. Uh, if you guys are liking the game game, let me know. If you're not, hey, please let me know too. I'm always open for feedback. But, yeah, sometimes when it's a little quiet around East Lansing, uh, it's always nice to throw one of these in there. So, yes, thank you guys so much for listening, for watching Locked on Spartans, for making us your first listen. Uh, every single day-ish, you know, three days in the summer, uh, we will be back on Thursday with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. We'll talk, yeah, yeah, more recruiting, duh, but also just football in general, basketball in general. It's always a great time with my guy Stephen Brooks, so keep tuned to Locked on Spartans on Thursday, your first listen. Now, go make your second listen, uh, the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. That's right. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked on NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Again, make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. Love every single one of you. You guys are the best. Let's go enjoy the rest of the week. Go green. Let's go. Let's go.